Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bazaar Banter. I'm Ala. And I'm Iman. And we're so happy to have you here today. So a little about ourselves and who we are. So I'm Ala again. Weird name, but it is Persian. So I am from Iran. Um, Both my parents are Persian, and I'm a recent grad in my early 20s, trying to figure out life, but Iman and I have very similar backgrounds where we've both lived in a bunch of different countries, and that's one of the reasons we've connected really easily and the shared experience there. So I was actually born in Japan, and I lived there until I was three, moved to Iran, grew up there most of my childhood, and then my parents decided it's time for a change, so we moved to Toronto. So I'm a Toronto girly in my heart. And for high school, um, we moved to the Bay Area. So now I'm a, I'm a Bay Area girly with Iman. And went off to college, met Iman, and now here we are. Wow, I was a big part of that story. Um, yeah, so hi, everyone. I'm Iman. Um, I also, like Ola said, um, lived in a bunch of places. I was born in Pakistan, and I lived in Saudi Arabia for a little bit. Um, lived in Miami, lived in NorCal, SoCal, then NorCal again. And I've been in the Bay Area since high school. And then um, here and there, studied abroad, things like that. But I've I've been local for a little bit. So um, I'm excited to um, really like talk about a lot of different topics here with you guys. Um, some topics um, that Ala and I can personally relate to and other topics that we're really just here to explore um, either with guests or in between us both doing our own research. So um, yeah. So you may be wondering by now, what does Bazaar Banter mean and why did we choose it? as the title to this podcast. So since Iman and I come from a very similar local place of the world, um, Urdu and Farsi actually have a lot of similar words and Arabic in general too. It's kind of all all of the languages are a little bit of a mishmash. But bazaar basically means market in our language, jizz. And to us, they signify a very important part of our cultures because bazaars are kind of the spot to be. Anytime I go to Iran, my favorite part is to be at the bazaar and spend my whole day there from the morning till night, get a bunch of food in there, all these things. But especially since I'm from Esfahan, there's a big bazaar there, Mayduna Imam, and my grandma used to take my brother and I all the time when we were kids. And so there's a lot of social scenes in bazaars at the markets. There's You can buy anything and everything. And all the art and colors kind of make you feel alive there. And banter is also my favorite word, one of my favorite words. I just love banter. And Iman and I always kind of banter and bicker in our own ways. And we thought, you know, bazaar banter is the best way to just explain us and our conversations we have in our daily lives. Cool. Thank you for that explanation, Ala. Um, So today, what we have in store for you, I will need to give you a little bit of background on. Um, 
backtrack to beginning of the pandemic. It's our second year of college and we're just got back home. We're all bummed. The social scene is dead. Um, <laughs> we really just are looking to like talk to other people our age. And most of us were still living with our parents. So um, just kind of adjusting back to essentially being in high school again. Um, and I remember I was in a phase where I was really wanting to like talk to people and grow myself. And I knew that like being home, I wouldn't grow as much as I would have like being in a new place with new people. Um, and so I came across this Instagram page called the skin deep, you should definitely check them out. They're not as active anymore as they were a couple years back. But um, they essentially have a bunch of different um, conversation starters and things like that. But on their page, they would post uh, conversations between like a mom and a son or like two exes or um, two people in a relationship or um, siblings talking about different aspects of life and their views and really just talking face to face, getting to know each other. And so they released a bunch of different card decks and Allah's birthday was coming up that year and I got her um, a friendship deck and a relationship deck. <laughs> and we, we've we been through both decks extensively. Yeah. Uh, we have... Deep dived into both. Yeah, and we've almost pretended like we're, we were dating each other with the relationship deck. Just Very weird <laughs> questions <laughs> we've answered to for each other. Uh, on each other's behalf mm -hmm. and personally, like from every angle. Um, and so that was one of the ways that all and I got really close and got to know each other um, because we both kind of had these very similar backgrounds, but also differences. And um, we brought those cards into other spaces with other friends and roommates. And it's a big reason why I feel so close to like a lot of people like from college, like a lot of our girlfriends and things like that. Like, you know, even if like we're not actively talking, there's like that shared time and space that I think, um, is really valuable with them. And I think these decks had a huge part in that. Um, so just to transition now into actually talking about some of those, uh, we picked out five questions today and possibly more if we have time. Mm -hmm. um, and questions that, yeah, we're both going to answer. And yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy our conversation here. Yeah, so we actually, like Iman said, do these all the time. And only recently where we like, why don't we just record these? Like we do these all the time anyway, and we have deep conversations all the time. And Why we don't thought, we like record it? Well, one for ourselves to look back on, two to have fun, and if we're doing this anyway, why not record it? Welcome you guys into our world. A yeah, little bit. and kind of give more of a representation of two girls just figuring out their twenties and. <laughs> bringing you along and having that cultural component in it too and giving kind of representation to more Middle Eastern cultures and South Asian cultures too along the road. So we hope you join in our journey. All right. So the first question is, what is your favorite memory of us and why is it important to you? So we wanted this one as like the first question so you guys can also get to know our dynamic a little bit more and throughout time you'll kind of get to know our personalities and the dynamic Iman and I have because it's a very unique one um, when you compare it to other friendships we've had and fortunately because Iman and I also lived together for two years we have 
a buttload of <laughs> memories and boxes we could pull this from. So it's a hard one to answer because there's so many. And Iman and I were thinking, we're like, we don't even have an answer. But to me, going first, um, Iman and I definitely have gone on a bunch of trips with our other friends. And those have been, honestly, I think like the best times of my life. So we went to Shasta together. We've been to San Diego together. Of course, we've done like smaller road trips too. But we also decided to go to Europe together. So we went to a bunch of countries in Europe and it's a story for another time. But I would say definitely my favorite memories of Iman and I are the ones where we're traveling because we're also like together basically 24-7 experiencing new experiences in life and kind of that joy that you have when you're on travel with another person it's unbeatable but another thing I always think of when I think of like my favorite moments with Iman definitely has to be like moments where we've been kind of our like cheerleaders for each other because if you don't know (laughs) Iman does cool shit like she actually like throughout the years I've known her she's hosted and had a lot of projects and I would say I've had some too where we've been in charge of certain projects and those are also stories for another time but just being able to like have a talk or a conference or a gala or whatever we I was hosting or Iman was hosting and kind of seeing each other in the crowd and having that supportive friend has always been my favorite thing um Wow, you have a, a much more thorough answer than I do <laughs> to that question. Um, yeah, to repeat the question, what is your favorite memory of us and why is it important to you? Um, I think this is not even really a memory. It's a feeling. Um, I think a lot of times we're very different, but still I think we can understand a lot of situations in the same way. And I sometimes the comfort of like, looking across the room and knowing like intuitively you and I are like understanding a situation in a very similar way. And we were able to communicate without words at times too, because yeah, we do have a lot of conversations and in the aftermath and things like that. But I do feel this like soul connection to you and it's not necessarily a memory or a favorite memory. It's like a million memories. Right. And you took my answer when it comes to like all of our trips we've taken and things like that. But I figure I had to give something a little bit, different from my point of view um so yeah favorite trip favorite trip Mm -hmm. what if I said it wasn't Europe I I would believe you well because I feel like Europe so for context there were five of us on our Europe trip and I think first of all having five people on a trip bickering happens banter happens I was really <laughs> wink wink Allah. I would just like to say I was not very she empathetic <laughs> so I feel like when it came to that trip Iman and I also had probably like the least amount of time together than the other trips we've had where it's been less people more intimate of a group setting so like to me when I think of like Shasta it was us four like in a cabin basically Mm -hmm. doing nothing and sitting and talking whereas in Europe you know we're 
walking over 20,000 steps a day. We're hopping around places, not sleeping, A. We were jumping around cities and countries and it was so much chaos, but of course like fun too that I feel like on that trip we had less opportunities to talk, which maybe I would understand that it wasn't your favorite. So what was your favorite? I want to say when we went to San Diego together. (laughs) Only because it was the first trip we were taking after the pandemic happened. and His roommates, all of us. I think we all needed it. And there was this sense of like, we're in our 20s, but we're like stuck in our homes. And, you know, not to say that obviously the pandemic wasn't a very serious thing that was happening around us. And obviously a lot of people were affected by it in ways that I can't even fully comprehend and that I was protected from. But um, I think it was like an awakening. It was like the beginning of an era with a lot of my friends um, that became like lifelong friends through college. Yeah. I think if I had to choose like a trip where it was like you and I and like something I felt like super happy in obviously I loved Europe I love Shasta I love San Diego like the bigger trips we've had but I've also loved like our spontaneous trips like when we just decided to like get in the car and drive to Santa Barbara and like hit up Solvang on the way and like get some pastries and then my car broke down obviously but like you know what I mean like I I didn't break down she hit it no no I'm a great driver. Layla, if you're listening no. to this, I know your daughter's secret. <laughs> no, <laughs> Layla. <laughs> Anyways, that aside, I think the spontaneity of our dynamic too, I really do love. I mean, we also like now that we're back in the Bay, not that like going to SF is like a trip, but deciding to wake up and be like, hey, you want to go to SF? Like, you know, that's also something I cherish. Yeah. Anyways, next question. (laughs) So the next question is, describe the first time you had a crush on someone. And I wanted to pick this question because I don't think Iman and I have ever talked about this together too, which is bizarre because we've probably been through this deck like 10,000 times. So you go first. Well, I didn't have a story prepared, but I do remember my first crush his name was Walter Bonzer. No, Walter Bonzer. If you're out there, I don't know where he Did is. He know? But um, it was kindergarten. Um, I don't <laughs> think he knew. Um, he was like such a teenage dirtbag. Like he had like the bangs with like not the bangs, but like you know, like that like yes, two like, thousands. My crush also had that. <laughs> It was like the first white boy I liked yes. who just moved to this country. And, oh. and to be honest, in it's, retrospect, yeah. what was I thinking? I was just a kid. Like, what did I even know about having a crush? But it's it was, the media. It yeah. made you be attracted to the white guys. It was just a feeling. I was like, oh, I've never felt this before. But then I was like, it was like my awakening into mm-hmm. the world of crushes. Really? Yeah. So but, no stories there? The story was that I saw him in class and we probably sat next to each other on a square with like an ABCD effect thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved away. I think like in the third grade, I moved to. 
Anyway, so many loves that were left. I think the because the, the sad truth of having moved around so much. Not that I'm saying, Walter. I hope you're doing great. We had our time. In kindergarten. In kindergarten, we had our time. We probably exchanged a glance. <laughs> oh, and the the best part was his elder brother i think it might have been his half brother was like best friends with my cousin and i was like that is my in into the family that is my no i'm just kidding but like that was a sign (laughs) it was a sign yeah um but yeah truly there was nothing there it was just first crush that's yeah yeah what was your fresh first crush like so i moved from iran to canada when i was nine my voice is so bad but when i moved that was like when I first had a crush in Canada. It was in Canada. So in Iran, and I don't know if anyone relates to this or knows any of this, but um, the schools were actually separate. So boys and girls go to different schools. And so I wasn't really around guys and crushes weren't really a topic, which I actually kind of enjoyed because it felt very much like girlhood and kind of being young and naive and whatever. But um I think now that I think back on it, I had a family friend that I really did like enjoying time with. So maybe that was a crush. But at that point, like, I didn't even know what a crush was. So I wouldn't consider it that. But when I moved to Canada, people like turned me rotten. Like people started telling me what boyfriends and girlfriends were. Because to me, I was like, oh, that's my boyfriend. Thinking like boyfriend. But people like started explaining things people started explaining crushes in my classes so I was here in fourth grade and I saw a guy blonde blue eye guy but he was European so he actually had moved to Canada that same year so we both got stuck in English class like in in ESL or like English second language or ELL whatever you guys say because I was I didn't know English and he didn't really know English either so we I felt like that was like our like thing that we shared and we got we actually became really close friends but um yeah I started liking him and I started going around telling people he's my boyfriend so people thought this whole time that like him and I were dating and I felt so embarrassed for him you really locked him in yeah I was like this guy is mine he's my boyfriend no one else can have him and the most embarrassing thing Iman is that in that year's yearbook I like made like (laughs) like a dedication to him where I was like oh like my favorite moments my like best friend like blah blah blah's name and like basically admitting my love to him in the yearbook but anytime he would ask me like oh who's your crush isn't this person this person is it me and I would be like no it's not you so I never admitted it but yeah so I moved away afterwards because I changed schools because we like got a house in a different part of Toronto whatever and then I moved to America and now um well it was a couple years ago but he like got in touch with me through Facebook and he like messaged me and he's like I've been looking for you like on socials everywhere like all these things like it took me so long and I was like who is this like it took me a second but yeah so and um, now you guys are in touch yeah but I think he might have unfollowed me I don't know maybe the 
first crush thing caught up and he finally was like oh she was see i was me. okay naming names because walter and i don't have any <laughs> no i'm not okay naming names but i will say he was a very nice guy and you know very nice friend and his family was sweet so sweet guy i think first crushes good first crush yeah he definitely liked another girl. Like, I know the guy, the girl sh- he liked. And she was also blonde, blue-eyed. So I definitely did not fit that image. And I think that's why when I was a kid, I really wanted to have, like, blonde hair, blue eyes. I was like, why am I stuck with green eyes and brown hair? Like, green eyes are the worst. Like, I want blue eyes and blonde hair. So I had that envy for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of young kids go through that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. Our next question, um, something a little bit lighthearted. What do you think I think makes me sexy? Okay. If you say my Doc Martens. No. Well, I do think you think you're sexy in your Doc Martens because you're like, I can stomp on people. Like, that's the energy you give me. Like, the femme fatale like rage that comes out with the docs really rage well that's not how i would describe it like the punk rock yeah kid in you comes out a little bit but i have my answer of what i think makes you sexy but you hate it like i love your dimples iman has like the cutest dimples you'll ever freaking see and if you follow our instagram at bazaar banter you might see our faces and be able to like actually distinguish us. But this woman has dimples on both sides, which is rare. And they're so deep, I like stick my finger. It's a hobby of hers that I would really like to cancel. But it's so cute. And I think I always also wanted dimples. So I think she's really sexy with the dimples, but she doesn't like her dimples. So I feel like maybe like my answer of what you think makes you sexy is like, your eyes and your brows like that like you know yeah like the combo of like your thick luscious brows with your big luscious eyes <laughs> thank you all yeah, you're so welcome so where's my compliment i think what you think makes you sexy has changed like i don't think you any longer necessarily want blonde hair and blue eyes no. and I do think, like, you're learning to love a lot of your Persian beauty. Like, Allah has, like, such... Like, she has waves. She doesn't necessarily have curls. I feel like, for me, like, I have very straight hair, so I consider her, like, waves curls. But um, she just has such beautiful hair, very thick hair. And definitely Allah, like, her green eyes, too. I think she prides herself on them because she got them for her her mother. My mother prides herself <laughs> on them. <laughs> that she was able to pass them on. Yes. Um, yeah, I think, like, I think also, like, and this is just a thing with a lot of girls, too, is, like, whenever we, like, dress up and we, like, mm-hmm. do our makeup exactly. and do our hair and, like, we feel like we have the cutest lip gloss on, like, we'll go out. Like, I mean, such a core memory of mine is, like, like always, like, putting your lip gloss on you, like, you know, like, anytime. Getting ready together. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's something I did want to say, too, is, like, I really don't think sexy is also, like, physical features. I think being sexy. Energy. Yeah, and it's a mentality. Like, honestly, like, 
confidence shines brighter than anything and I think a lot of times too like like I look at people and I'm like they're just like they look gorgeous and amazing and it's because they're just so confident in their skin and like they're happy and they're dancing and they're vibing and I'm like that girl is feeling herself you know and I think that's the beauty too we need to like learn throughout time that sexiness is honestly a mentality it's not I think authenticity in all its forms, you know, I'm learning like, whether it be physical, like emotional, like all of those authentic parts of you that make you who you are that you like learn to accept and love and own it, like really own it. I think that is what makes you. Exactly. And the thing is too, like with physique, like as fucked up as it is, so many things go in and out of style. Like, oh, one day, like, being thin is beautiful one day being curvy is beautiful this and this and we can't subscribe to every beauty standard there is so honestly like learning throughout time that like what you are given and what you have is the most beautiful version of you and like you know like Iman said one time I wanted blonde hair and blue eyes but throughout time I've learned to love my hair and the annoying waves (laughs) every day I have to battle and like the green in my eyes so it's like every like you just have to turn things you once didn't see beautiful into beauty and learn to love aspects of yourself throughout time yeah it's much easier said than done but it's like one of our paths to growth (laughs) yes definitely yeah Okay, next question. You ready for this one? The next question is, how would you describe true love? So Iman didn't want to answer this question. But I think I'm ready now. I think (laughs) I I wasn't ready to answer it because there's so many, like, aspects to it, you know? But you go first, Ala. Okay, well, spoiler alert. (laughs) I've actually never been in love, (laughs) if that's a shocker. 22 and not in love ever Everyone whatever their time. <laughs> well there's been like little things right but it's not ever like been defined as true love in my head and in my heart but I do think throughout like the experiences I've had and seeing others um, be in love I've kind of made my own definition or at least like what I would like true love to mean to me and I I think I always say like When it comes down to it, when you feel a connection with someone where you can honestly be your authentic self and your childish self, like if I find someone where I honestly feel like I can be a kid with and just enjoy life with and kind of let life flow through us, like we always say, and like go with the waves together and just have fun with it not think things seriously I think when you find someone that brings out that inner child in you where they are able to like help you not be as anxious not as stressed out you know all these things and that like connection you feel with someone's like inner true self not so much the outer like day-to-days to me that's true love and one of the things we actually will talk much later and and get deep into is will be the topic of love we'll have a whole episode on it but because we've also been reading this book 
<laughs> called All About Love, which is a spoiler to our thing. But one of the things I've been taking away from it, and I've been telling Iman a lot about it, is like love and true love is a selfless act. So anytime it feels selfish, selfish, it's not true love. So Iman started. <laughs> <laughs> so how I would describe true love. Um, I'm a little bit like the opposite of Allah in some senses. I feel like I've been in a few um, relationships um, throughout like my teen years into now I'm 23. Um, and I think the more relationships I go through, I'm like realizing there's like this desire to be understood. And, you know, people talk about like love languages and things like that. I feel like a, like a huge love language is like just being understood because feeling misunderstood and feeling like, oh, okay, I have this relationship with someone, but, you know, they're not really seeing who I truly am. I think that is like a really difficult feeling. And I think like true love is like kind of like two people that kind of e exist in their own, like all I was saying, um, like coming together. Um, and obviously there's so many aspects to it, right? Like, I think it's important, like, a test for love is, like, obviously, like, you know, going through hardships and, like, coming out the other side. And, um, you know, part of that is kind of, like, growing with someone. Because, right, it's either you grow together or you grow apart. And, um, yeah. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. It's, like, what people always say, too, of, like, true love isn't about the good happy times. It's about like all the bad and how you come out of the bad and how you handle the bad with someone. And I and I really do think that's maybe why people like reserve saying like I love you for a while is because like obviously in the honeymoon phase and when everything's great, like it's easy to feel like, oh, this is love. But I guess true love really does like stand the test of time when Things yeah. are rocky and not pitch perfect. Yeah. And, like, it's kind of, like, a known thing. Like, obviously, when you first start dating someone, it's, like, this brush of, like, dopamine and all of this stuff. And your body is, like, physically reacting. And sometimes people mistake that physical reaction as, like, love, right? But I think, like, love, like, really deep, true love comes, like, much later. Mm -hmm. Not that I know, but... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think you can understand. I think I've been close enough to love before that I've kind of understood like what was missing from that scenario and what made that scenario a good one, which is why I think I've kind of on I honestly think being on the brink of love or, or like on the edge of love also makes you understand like oh that wasn't true love because I didn't feel x y and z which to me, that's like, why I feel like I've thought about this a lot and tried to like make a definition for myself but obviously I could be wrong we'll see when I get there <laughs> I'll fill you guys in but I've also appreciated so much having these conversations with Iman actually because she's like she says she's been in love multiple times and 
different versions of her have been in love. And I think through knowing her for the past four years, it's been interesting seeing like her growth journey also with love and like the relationships she's been in. Well, next question. Next question. So the question is, what would you want written on your tombstone and why? I know it's a bit of a cryptic question. Mm. I but didn't want this. She Mom didn't want did. this question. I think I like it because I think like, okay, this last year, like my <laughs> senior year of college, I took a class on actually the psychology of death. And mm. for a while, for a while, not anymore. So, but I, I do think I still fear death of loved ones and not as so much my own, but I think definitely like, I have a lot of anxiety around the concept of death, but what I did get out of that class, this is just like a little tangent before we get into the question, but what I did get out of that class was like, everybody's on their own journey and like just how we celebrate life, we should be celebrating death because it's like another person transitioning into something else. So the reason I like this question is because like, okay, how would I want to be remembered? How would Allah want to be remembered? Um, which I think is a neat question for our podcast. So what's your answer? Um, I'm going to get some inspiration. That's why I need you to go first. Great. Thanks for throwing me under the bus. Um, I, I would like to be remembered um, on my tombstone. I would like for it to say uh, she was loving Maybe for starters, uh, she was creative. A whole poem. I would love for there to be a poem about me. Oh, my God. Put some, like, Frank Ocean lyrics on there. Put some, like, maybe, like, a little doodle from, like, my notebook. Um, little aspects of who I am. No, but actually. but actually, You want a collage on your tombstone? Yeah. I want, like, I want, like, our reel on there. I'm going to, like, send this to whoever. Like I wonder in the future, and they're gonna be like, "Yeah, no, that's." I not wonder happening. if we're gonna have like digital tombstones, like a little library you can scroll through while you like like a to- QR code on the tombstone. That's fucked up. A website. Okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the UX designer of my my own stuff, but hey, um, that could be part of your portfolio. My tombstone. My tombstone. I hope not, <laughs> but um. Yeah, I think, like, I essentially, like, I would like my qualities to be said. Like, she was funny. She cared a lot about the people around her. Um, she connected with people on from all different backgrounds. Um, why are you laughing? What do you want to say on your tombstone? She was loving to everybody. Oh my god! I had no hate. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. She okay. was perfect. She wasn't perfect. You know that I actually that's would like, like it to me say at she my was best flawed. friend's funeral, and they're like <laughs> saying all these perfect things, and she's like, "Oh, oh, oh." No, actually, it, it's okay if it says some honest things about me too. She was. <laughs> She was brutally she was honest. Flawed. She was flawed. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. My answer? Maybe if you answer, I'll have another answer. <clears throat> so, let me think. You made me sound so vain. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want your tombstone to say? I think, like, 
well, obviously, like, cultures are different when it comes to death. And with Persian culture, when it comes to, like, burials, they do, like, um, it's similar enough to American ones, but it's, like, flat on the ground. And an aspect of it is, like, the picture of the person, like, ingrained in it or something. Like, when my grandpa passed away recently, it was his picture, and then underneath it, like, said, like, father, like, all these things. And the beauty I always thought about, like, the Persian ones or, like, the grandpas, they were buried, like, by their families, which I Mm -hmm. always, like, loved. And I was like, I wonder if I die, like, where will I even be buried? Like, I've lived in so many different places that I don't know where I want to be buried and if it's all my families have been buried in Iran and do I start a trend in America? Like, you know, all these things I've always thought about. But I do think I want it to be similar to the Persian tombs where it has, like, sayings. And I think I would like to have, like, a Farsi poem Mm -hmm. engraved on it. I think that would be super cool. I don't think I'm too nitpicky, honestly. Whatever. Whatever my loved ones want. You don't want it want. to say she was loving, she was caring. I think the thing is, is like, what does that do, right? Yeah. Like, I'm already dead. If yeah. people love me at that point, they'll come visit me. If yeah. not, well, okay. If it's writing, I think I would like it to be like, oh, like if I if I'm a mother, like mm. loving mother, loving like mother. your relationships to people, maybe. Sure. Maybe if I actually end up becoming a doctor, it would be cool to have, like, doctor. Your your profession. (laughs) And, like, the stuff I did with my profession. Because I have a lot of passions. Yeah. And a lot where I feel like maybe it could be written. But I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I honestly don't even still know if I want to be buried or, like, cremated or, like, that whole process. There's also, like... When I when I took that psychology class, I I made like a like a death plan, like what I would want mm-hmm. to happen. And the crazy thing is, I don't think anybody would follow it because the two people I had put on there were um, our like best friend, PP Queens, shout out, um, and my mom, and they were like totally different. What about me? Like, no, I, you're too anxious. I don't want you to deal with my death. Like I don't. <laughs> I need someone like. Hannah better get her ass back to America. It's Hannah. Hannah and my mom were the people I put down on my That is so rude. (laughs) Allah, you can be my doctor. You can deal with the before death. But the after death, maybe not. Um, But the thing is, like, you know, in Muslim, like, um, in Islam, like, the burials are... There's a ritual. Yeah, like, you wash the body and, like, you're buried in, like, a wooden casket and things like that. But... I said I wanted to be a tree, like, on my death plan, and I don't think anybody's going to let me be a tree, which is messed Hannah up. Will. Okay, but what if I was in a wooden thing and I was also a tree, right? Like, it would – I would I would be okay with that compromise, you know? But Like, you get buried the Muslim way and then they plant a tree on you? Not on me. Like, maybe next to me? <laughs> just, like, straight up on me. <laughs> so just – we just get – like a graveyard that has trees yeah okay. I, I I also think about it a lot like I think same thing like I think like for example my parents I feel like they would want to 
be like buried like in Pakistan. Yeah. But I I don't know like where would I I would want to. I be. know I don't know. But if it if the question of like it doesn't matter and you're dead at that point and you don't really have your family members like that or your soul like that's a whole different concept. But, but it's like, cute to be like because like in Iran I know like my grandmas both are alive and thriving and they will be for the rest of my life. So mm-hmm. knock on wood, whatever. At the Kabristan. Um, yeah. <laughs> but they have sites right next to the grandpas already. And I think that's like beautiful. And I, I've always like thought that's such a comfort mm-hmm. to know. And I know probably my parents will want the same. And- yeah, I think I was talking to you about this. I feel like, I feel like Islamic deaths, the way they're dealt with, it happens so fast that I wonder if I died here, if it would make a difference. Oh, yeah. Right, like, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. But thankfully, we're not dying today. Um, At least not tonight, because Al and I are popping off on this podcast episode. But Are we? I've just been coughing. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm honestly not sick. I've just lost my voice. She always says that. She's probably honestly sick. No, I was sick like a couple weeks ago, but now I'm not sick. I just don't have a voice. Look at that banter. Have you noticed the banter? No, there's. you don't banter, I do. I do. No, okay, so Iman is actually, we're both very sensitive people, but she's more sensitive in different ways. And anytime I try to banter with her, she'll like get upset. Like, I have to like apologize for something I say to you, even though it's like sarcasm yeah. or like, you know, and then. Yeah. But like, I never asked for an apology. I think I know. <laughs> but then, like, it, it, but to me, it hurts to like, see you upset like i've told you this you look like a puppy that was like kicked and I'm like i have to apologize and i have to but it's like it's not even that like i'm being mean it's just trying to be funny in the light of like yeah. something you're doing like she'll try to crack a joke or something and like nobody will laugh and then i'll like laugh at her because like nobody laughed at her joke and then she'll like get upset i'm like notorious for like i'll crack like the one dad joke of the night like and then she'll be the only one laughing at it. <laughs> I'm okay with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, <laughs> I think we should conclude this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for... If you made it this far, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Um, and tune in for next the next time. couple ones coming soon. And I promise I'll have a voice by then. Khodafis. Khodafis.